What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 98.0. And we are starting our new series right now. Uh, and it's going to be over Sunset Overdrive. Uh, this was a, a game that Anthony and I selected, which Anthony will be joining us for the series. Hello. And uh, yeah, we wanted to do something that Matt, since he's doing NaNoWriMo, uh, won't be able to join us with. Uh, and he can't play this game, technically, because it was an Xbox-exclusive game. It's technically not anymore. It's also on PC. But uh, we figured, you know, I never finished Sunset Overdrive. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we do that? Um. So as we do with all of our new uh, series, we always talk about our history with the game itself. Uh, Anthony, how about your history with Sunset Overdrive? Yeah, this was one of the reasons why I wanted an Xbox One. Wow. Um. I mean, I had a. I had access to a PS4. I didn't have my own yet, but um, there was uh, this and uh, Rare Replay, which were the uh, two games that I really wanted an Xbox One for. And I actually bought an Xbox One when Rare Replay came out. And so this was one of the first games I actually bought that was like not that. Um, Right. And uh I played it for a while. And uh I don't think I ever got to the point where I'm at now in it. Um I don't know why I bounced off this game. Um it wasn't even like I didn't like it. It was just clearly something else had taken my uh attention. Gotcha. And so this would have been in twenty four. I think 2015 okay yeah because the, the game released uh, October 28th of 2014 uh, in the US yeah so um, it would have been a year later okay I, th- I want to say that was probably around the time I did as well um, my history uh, I got this game with my Xbox so I got one of those um, man uh, the, the white Xbox ones and um it came with Sunset Overdrive as a download code. So it was technically the first game I ever owned. Um and I played probably uh where where you're to- where where you stopped, I think that's where I got to. Um not for this recording. I mean, I've made it past that part before. But um, I would say roughly around halfway, maybe a little bit less than halfway through the game. Didn't mind it. Uh, there was a few issues I had here and there, and they still crop up. Um, but um, I thought, yeah, I don't mind this game. I remember it being advertised. I remember, like, I think they showed it off at E3 one year. And I said, wow, that's got a really unique art style. And I just kind of let it fall by the wayside because I had... Honestly, I had no interest in buying an Xbox One. At that point, I was still a pretty big PlayStation 4 person um, because I was just like, yeah, I don't see this TV thing that Xbox One's pushing and the games I don't really care about. You know, it was, it, it didn't, it didn't really appeal to me. 
but I finally decided after probably about a year or two, let me go ahead and just pick one up. Because honestly, what made me get an Xbox One was the fact that Ken was constantly getting review games for Xbox. And so it was kind of limiting us because he was the only person at the site that had one at the time. So I went ahead and picked one up so I could help him with the review titles. But um, yeah, Uh, as far as uh, Sunset Overdrive is concerned, like I said, it was released October of 2014, which is kind of wild to think that it's been that long. It released in 2018 on Windows. It's weird because of playing this again, like there's some references that are made that I'm like, I don't think those were references being made in 2014 in other games. Uh, like what? Um, like I know Twitter had been around, but like how many games were referencing like checking Twitter and stuff by name? Like it, there's some weird stuff in this game where I'm like, this is way more modern than it it should be for six years old. Yeah. I'm I'm curious of twenty years from now how well this holds up. <laughs> yeah. There's a few things in there I'm just like mm. So uh Sunset Overdrive is a comedic game. Yeah. I would, it's, I, it's, I would I mean, throw it out there as that, yeah. It's it's Insomniac's more extreme answer to Ratchet and Clank in some ways. Yeah. Um, you know, because even the weapons are supposed to be weird in comparison to, you know, some of them are just very much a reskin, like the uh, record launcher that is clearly um, just a machine gun. You know, they just, the Dirty Harry is just a pistol. Yeah. Um, but then you have like the shotgun that's a dick and balls, the, uh, the flaming compensator. Yep. Flaming you compensator. It's so it's, it's like taking some of what they do with Ratchet and Clank and applying it to an open world and then adding in this Tony Hawk pro skater type gameplay to it, which is really odd. It's yeah. And that's, I think that's the one big thing that is so polarizing about this game because that's the thing that is either this game is fantastic or this game sucks. Because if you're not doing the Tony Hawk pro skater stuff and just playing this as a shooter, you're going to have a really bad time. And sometimes it feels overwhelming there's plenty of times where I'm just like, I just want to kill these guys so I can, so they can get out of my way. But I have to manage not only shooting guys, but managing my ammo on top of managing bouncing around or using grinds or, you know, doing these different abilities. And I'm just like, this just feels a little bit like brain overload trying to manage all this stuff. You would not like Doom Eternal. But see, that's the thing. I love the first Doom. Yeah, but this first Doom is very different than Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal has the same thing where you are juggling. So you have to do 
ammo management and oh your armor is low so you set that guy on fire with your shoulder flamethrower oh your health is low um you need to do a um, glory kill a ch- is it a glory yeah a glory kill oh your ammo's low you need to chainsaw need to a chainsaw. guy so it's three things you're juggling and then they add in enemies that you need to maintain a specific amount of distance from to fight. And like, it's very much that same sort of thing where it's like you are balancing playing the game alongside playing the other portion of the game that don't really mesh perfectly. You know, some people will tell you it does. And I totally understand like, where that type of thinking comes from, because I don't have an issue with this game for the most part. Every time I've died, it's been my own stupidity, but it's like, you know, I do get it. Like the grinding on the rails and maintaining momentum and everything sometimes definitely feels off. Um, and the shooting sometimes doesn't feel right for the motion. So I, I do get it, but I, 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 like this works and I can totally see how somebody looks at this and goes, it doesn't. Well, that's the thing. It's like, as long as I'm in that groove, it works great. But the minute I lose that momentum, it's just like, wow, this is like, because there's plenty of times where like, I'll end up just like, all right, I got to wipe out all these guys. So I'm just going to grind back and forth on this exact same rail, just shooting guys. And that never works. Like you have to keep moving all different directions. Um, Cause they'll knock you off your grind or they'll shoot vomit on the grind and make you like fall. And you can't take this many, that many hits in this game. Like it's, it's one well, of those. Yeah. I mean, like you're, especially if you're fighting humans, they will melt you. Really quickly. And I don't know. Like I, I don't mind this game in certain bursts. I just, sometimes I just feel like the management, and to be honest with you, I feel like I can manage doom a little bit easier because it's first person while this one is just like third person. So I'm like, the aiming is not the best in the world. Um, and it definitely, like, you made the best comparison because while I was playing it a couple days ago, I, I made the comparison in my mind. I was like, this feels like Doom. There is no reload button. It's just hold down the trigger and shoot until, you know, until you're empty. There's, you know, it's, th- there's a lot to manage here, but they at least don't make you manage the small things that you're used to in a video game. So, yeah. I, I don't know. So uh, I, I guess we should explain it. This is an open world parkour third person shooter. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a, I guess, backstory um, takes place in this city called Sunset City. Fictional city looks like somewhere in probably the the Bay of California, the Bay Area. It seems like. Um, and we play as a random person. It's a, a character who has a voice, um, but you create your own character 
They are basically the main character of a video game. In fact, they even reference themselves as being in a video game multiple yep. times. And um, it's voiced by Yuri Lowenthal. The, the, the guy character. is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who the female is. I'm actually playing as the female. Um, it's jarring listening to uh, Yuri Lowenthal because I'm like, there's a bit of Spider-Man here. Yeah. But the thinner model also, like, the face I chose on the thinner model looks a bit like Yuri Lowenthal, too, in hindsight. And I was like, oh, that's kind of jarring. Um, A lady named Stephanie Lemelin. No idea. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, you create your own character, make them look however they want. Um... And, uh, yeah, start off, uh, dead end job as I, I'm, I'm assuming a janitor. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the big thing that's happening in Sunset City is, uh, a marketing party <laughs> for, yeah, a, it's one of those influencer like events. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like it, it, in 20, 14 when this game came out like and when it was in development like i know stuff like that happened but like you see that even more now of like big events where they invite a bunch of people who all look like the people that are gone have gone to this event yeah you know and it's uh... just one of those things where i was like oh that's very odd like you work as a lowly working citizen. <laughs> yeah. And you were working this uh this event cleaning up after all the people. This event uh which is hosted by a company called Fizco, which is a beverage company. Um has created this new energy drink called Overcharge. And uh Apparently something really bad happens in the the making of this uh energy drink uh because um during this event uh everybody has exclusive access to this overcharged energy drink and everybody who drinks it turns into these weird zombie mutant things and begins wreaking havoc the on the yeah they call them the OD which is overcharged drinkers is what that stands for um, and so, yeah, they just, just take over the entire city. Um, and it's basically a zombie apocalypse without the zombies. Um, and these guys are not just the shambling zombie type things. These are fast moving mutants who can like, you know, rip your face off. And, uh, yeah, uh, while we're working this party, uh, the OD start to take over, uh, and we have to get the hell out. Um, in fact, I believe you mentioned it in 4G. It isn't the mission objective you're fucked? Well, that's the thing. I didn't see it. I remember being like big text on the side of like a wall that appeared very stylistically saying you're fucked and I swear I didn't see it this time. But I, I think it might have been explosion smoke. Oh. In maybe. the background. I they remember seeing that and going, wow, that's not common for a game 
like out the gate. Yeah. Just so me yeah. Fucked. <laughs> this um this game it feels a lot like Ratchet and Clank, but they get to do everything they wanted to with Ratchet and Clank and not have to worry about being kid friendly. So everybody cusses like sailors in this game. And they make yeah. tons of adults references. I think the most jarring one is the Jim Cotta reference. Which yeah. isn't an adult reference, but like no kid's gonna know that. Nobody knows what the hell Jim Cotta is. Yeah. <laughs> um but they they and it, I have to say that while forty percent of the jokes fall flat, I would say sixty percent are like <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. Nothing laugh out loud. Um, but they they at least get away with it more than they don't, I feel like. Um, I felt like it was really jarring because one of the first things that happens is like they tell you to change your weapon. And I changed my weapon and my character said, well, I fucking nailed that. And I was like, that's fucking lame. I was like, but then I realized that was like one of the first jokes. And I was like, okay, I need to kind of get my mind in that mentality of this is going to be dumb. And then I started enjoying it more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember this game being dumb, Like you know, like I knew it wasn't like highbrow at all. This, this yeah. is, this is the lowbrow like art style even. I have to say though the art style and the style in general I think is fantastic. Oh yeah, when I when I say lowbrow, the there's a style of art that is called lowbrow. Yeah. Um and it's it's you know more cartoony um R crumb would be the kind of the probably the biggest name in terms of lowbrow art. Um, you'd recognize his drawings if you'd look them up. Uh, anyways, it's, it's, it allows that sense of humor to come through in the game a little bit better. Like if I, I think if this was any more realistic, I would hate it. Yeah. So. Uh, well, one of the things I really love about it is like, um, like when you kill certain enemies, they blow up and it spells pop. Or, you know, there's there's tons of, like, it feels like you're playing a comic book kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like they do a really good job there. This game is very colorful. Like, the OD is usually, like, this orange tint. Um, yeah, reddish. They're always reddish, except for the freezing ones, which are a bright, bright blue. Yeah. Which also stick out. But um, everything it just kind of pops in this game. Uh, so um, back to the story itself. Um, yeah, so we have to escape. Uh, basically, using the rooftops, uh, we end up getting chased by a giant OD. I can't remember the behemoth. Is that what's called? Yeah, he's got like a um, backhoe for an arm. Yes. I don't know how that happened, but sure. Yeah. I don't have uh, questions with this game. These, these OD, like, they graft to certain things, like the spawners that can 
reproduce OD have a uh, dumpster on their back. Yep. And the OD climb out of the dumpster. Um, uh, I guess this is when we first get our gun. Yeah, you get you you grind up to like a gas station or whatever, and there's a guy on top. He's like, "Hey, hey, I got a gun!" And then he gets swiped by like a flying OD, and you get his flaming compensator. Yep, which is like a blunderbuss with two brass balls up under it. Uh, and that gun is awesome for mm-hmm. OD. Uh, especially once you get the overdrives and you can increase fire damage. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's a great little shotgun, but it's not, I, I, I call it a shotgun, but this thing's pretty good at distance shots as well. Yeah. Uh, it almost instantly lights something on fire and does chip damage. Um, if not just like, like completely napalm the enemy right away. So you can hit multiple enemies with it. Um, but yeah, eventually we make it to our, uh, apartment, uh, and lock ourselves up for 17 days. I can't remember. No, I think it was 17 days earlier or something like that. The OD party. Like it's a weird, it jumps back in time and then it jumps back forward in time. Yeah. Uh. I'm not sure why that is, but yeah. Well, needless to say, our character basically survives on beer for multiple days. <laughs> yeah, and, that, that is nice that there, there's no shame in the alcoholism of this game. Oh no, no, no! Uh, it's uh, this game doesn't care about anything. Like this is this definitely feels like a insomniac basically saying, "Hey." Uh, we can do whatever the hell we want. So we're just going to drop every F-bomb we can, be very violent, and just make as many dick jokes as we can. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so needlessly, needless to say, we have to emerge once we run out of beer and food. And um, we run into some survivors. Uh, one in particular, a old grizzled man who I would say is a veteran of some sort. I don't know, man. I could be wrong. It, it, it felt like a parody of the walking dead. (laughs) You think so? Um, yeah. I mean, he's the, he's the guy that survived on his own in the walking dead sort of world. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a direct like thing, but it felt like the, response to those zombie movies that the survive he knows how to survive. Yeah. I got it. And they kind of make fun of him for that being grumpy and all that. But Yeah. Uh they try to make as many um colorful characters as possible, I guess. I like the um God, the guy that makes the power-ups for you. Uh, Floyd. Floyd. He's great. Yeah. Floyd's great. Uh, the guy that we're talking about, the survivor, is Walter, the old grizzled guy. Um, And he actually takes us to Floyd. So he has kind of set up a base of operations at this brewery. 
And uh, I think Floyd ran the brewery because he knows how to mix stuff. No, Floyd Floyd worked for um, Fizco. Oh, yeah. He'll tell you. He tells you in one of the missions that he worked for Fizco, and he said he knew that they it wasn't ready. Hmm. But he just did it, and I think he left because of that. So. Gotcha. Okay. But uh, Floyd. And um, so, so I, I guess we need to explain what Floyd does. So Floyd um, creates uh, overcharges for us, which are the special abilities that we can equip to our character. Um, so uh, how, how do I get into this? So there's upgrading. It, like, there's a lot in this game. Um. So not only do you get these zany weapons like uh a a gun that shoots bowling balls at guys the Ahab which is a spear that shoots and also drops overcharge or um overcharge yeah wait is it overcharge is a drink the drink yeah. many over words yeah so which then lures OD attracts more yeah to the spot. Um, the, the, the way this works is that Floyd makes over. God, there's too many overs in this. That's the worst part of this game is there's a ton of shit that has over in the title. Um, anyways, he makes these, sorry, he makes amps. Sorry. Yes. He makes amps and the amps are things that activate. Once your style meter goes up, you get style for killing enemies and bouncing and grinding and all, and flipping and wall running and all that stuff. Yes. Once it reaches level one, certain amps activate. Two more amps activate. Three and four other amps. Basically, you have amps that are personal use, so like on your person, and then there's gun-based amps that activate at level two. Um, and they just are basically gameplay modifiers. So yeah. you can get one that when you bounce... Uh, if you're a level three and you you bounce on a thing, it a fiery explosion pops off around you. So it's easier to kill enemies. So basically, you start off always at a lower level, but once you start getting into the flow of killing guys, you'll have like I have a um, there's two record shooters. I have like a DLC one um, called Just the Hits, and uh, it has a lightning one attached to it. So when I shoot it at an enemy and I'm in level two, those enemies get electrified. So interesting. It's stuff like that. And so you can get basic amps, but before you get amps, uh, Floyd has you do a tower defense around no. the amp creator, which is a thing you come back to multiple times. Yeah. In the game. You have, uh, you have to, uh, cook the amps first and it requires um i guess <laughs> it requires the od like you have to kill the od what's what's attracting the no, od so here? you the you have to defend it for a certain amount of time when he's cooking the amps the od are drawn to it because it's using overcharge yes gotcha I don't like these parts of the game. 
Yeah, that's my least favorite part. Yeah. But uh, those amps, like I said, uh, can really help out. The first ones you get, it's like a you get a dodge roll that basically you turn into a fireball for a second. And I don't love that one. Uh, I like the one for the melee weapon where you throw a fireball every time you melee. That's great. That one's great. Uh, the electric one for the high fidelity. I could, I use the high fidelity. I, I don't have that DLC when you're talking I about. I don't know. I think it may be because I have the day one. Like I got day one version of uh, like they still had copies on the shelf of the day one version of Sunset Overdrive, and there was gotcha. DLC with that one. Gotcha. Yeah, I got a lot of DLC guns. Like the like I I ended up like when I first started this game, I had all, a full wheel, a, a full wheel, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I had a full wheel, um, and then I had to start switching out, and so I dropped um, high fidelity because I don't need two. Of the same gun, basically. Right. But I don't. I don't have the other one, so I had to use high fidelity. But I've got the electric thing there, so that's that's awesome too. Because once you get a level two charge, anytime I shoot a OD with the high fidelity, which is a record player, not a record player, but a record shooter, it bounces between enemies and it shocks everyone that it touches. And that's the reason why I don't hate the. Um tower defense segments, it's my least favorite part of the game. But I don't feel like they're difficult. Yeah. They're just boring, because you don't get to leave an area. Yeah, you're just going back and forth, back and forth, yeah, and, and like, shooting. If you're good enough, you can kind of stop everybody in that first seg- uh, section. Yeah. So, I don't have a lot of issues, usually. And it's like, this is fine. And I, you know, it's just... It was my that's my that was my biggest problem with um uh Metal Gear Survive um was anytime you go into tower defense stuff in a game that is that is not the sole objective, I'm like, I don't like this. This is very slow in comparison to the rest of the game. It's because you're waiting on enemies to show up. I don't. Yeah. But uh yeah. Uh but on top of that your weapons will also level up. Um well, that's, you have to level them up before you can put a uh put an amp on, an them, amp yeah. on them. But on top of that you also get badges that feel almost a little bit like um if you're familiar with Borderlands, particularly Borderlands 2, uh the the badass points. Um, which is usually saved for end game stuff. It's basically it gives you like an overall boost in a stat. Yeah, except this one you can only choose like six at a time, and to there's have a, a lot of them. Yeah, there's a god. There's forty of them. It seems like. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that that number sounds about what I looked at, but I could there could be more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's, there's tons of like upgrades and I guess I would call them builds. I guess you could go with that because you, there there are ways to like increase shock damage or increase fire damage. And then you could be like, well, I'm just going to equip all my fire amps style by grinding, get more style from bouncing. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you could create different builds in this game if you wanted to. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, back to the story. Uh, meet up at the brewery, talk with Floyd, talk with uh, Walter. There's a couple other people here. There's a gun guy here that you can buy weapons for, but I, I have almost every weapon in the game, it seems like, already. Um, Which was a major, major oversight, because I feel like you unlocked guns as you progressed, but... I'm all right with guns yeah. at the bat. Like, I don't really need to... uh Wait, and I like honestly, if this game made me wait for guns, I think I'd hate it. Probably because the the thing is, is like certain guns do better against certain enemies. So you got to, you know, not even that. Like, if I run out of ammo with the dirty Harry and my, I might I, then I have to get off the the line and go and smash crates, yeah, find crates and then smash crates for yeah. ammo. No, thank you. Yeah. So, but yeah, like the Dirty Harry is really good for human enemies. Um, the AK off, uh, which is like the AK 47 is good for human enemies. High Fidelity is really good against the OD. Wait, you have an AK 47? Yeah. What? It's called the AK off. I don't have that. Yeah. It was a DLC weapon. It, in fact, the only difference is it's a blue color. It says it's the same as the AK off or the AK whatever. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like fuck off, but it's the AK off is what it's called. Do you have the bowling ball? AKFU is the other one. Yeah. FKFU and then the AK off. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a bunch of other ones. I just, I do not have a machine gun. That yeah. is odd. That machine gun is really nice against human enemies. I'm sure uh, it is. The the one thing that I will give this game is that they're very, very liberal with their auto-aim. If you yeah. shoot in the direction of that enemy, chances are you're going to hit it. In some instances. Obviously, the the deployable weapons like the TNT Teddy and stuff like that, it's going to blow up where you where you shoot it at. But yeah, um, so we have to do a few missions for the brewery uh, survivors. Um, but the big first thing that we we get to is um, Walter has been working on a airplane like a like a small engine airplane slash glider kind of thing um and well uh he's working on it and we are helping him work on it he's wanting us to hold it up and as we're holding it up we notice the od are coming toward us and he's like don't let go whatever you do and yeah we have to let go because the the OD are approaching us very quickly, and the uh, yeah the plane falls off of a bridge and crashes and just is completely ruined. Yep. And now we feel really bad uh, because that might have been our ticket out of here. Um, I should mention that the city I, I, is under lockdown. Who locked down? Who locked down the oh, city? Fisco. 
Fisco. They're, they're trying to keep this contained while also not alerting the public about it. Yeah. Gotcha. Just uh, normal evil corporation stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a uh, umbrella all over again. But uh, so yeah, we can't leave the city. It's completely blocked off. Um, so the only way to get over these barriers is to fly over. Unfortunately, uh, our uh, flying aircraft has now crashed. So uh, we feel bad about that. So we're going to try and help him rebuild it. First thing uh, we need to do is get a propeller. Uh, and um, don't know exactly where to get one, but we're able to run into we're, we run into some more survivors, uh, particularly at this what seems like a knockoff Chuck E. Cheese. Well, we run into them at the place where we think we might play find a um, oh god uh, a propeller, and then he's like. Oh my god, you you uh you found me, saved me hero. And it's like, okay, weird guy. That's Sam, right? Sam, yeah. Yeah. So a really really nerdy dude. Get him back to the stupid Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. It's got it's called Sasquatch and Friends. <laughs> Is that what it's called? I'm pretty sure it's called Sasquatch and Friends. I, I honestly I never noticed. Yeah. Uh, I watched them on stage. I was like, this is uncomfortable yeah um so sam is another group with another group of survivors um they were uh, a bunch of college students who got stranded and took shelter in this sasquatch and friends pizzeria and uh, sam is a loser and everybody else is a rich kid and therefore an asshole yes and they all sit there uh, uh staring at their phones all day Tweeting about how this apocalypse sucks. And how Sam sucks. And how much Sam sucks. Also, who's this weird person that Sam brought in? You don't yeah. <laughs> You don't know them like you don't know them like I do. I don't want to know them like you do. <laughs> yeah. Our character is like, I don't care about these people at all. Yeah. But Sam's like, yeah, but these guys are really smart. They know a lot about engineering and stuff like that. So we have to do a bunch of errands to Get on their good side. Yeah. Yeah. First one's uh, easy is get a case of water, bring it back. Yeah. But we have to lower the water in a certain area. Which they, is a pretty neat mission, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the water. What I liked about this is you get the water and you are forced to get back without guns. Yep. I remember that. So. You have to grind and bounce your way back to Sasquatch friends. God damn it. Um, the second one is my favorite, though. Which is go and get the dog. That is fucking awesome. That mission should not be as cool as it is. That is, that is, that was so good. So I, might, I just love yeah. that he's like, I might keep the dog. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the second mission, we bring back this guy's, like, <laughs> Evian water, um, which I've always made the joke of uh, Evian water is, what, $5 a fucking bottle, and uh, what is Evian spelled backwards? Naive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we get the water back. Now we got to get this other person. 
Um, and she is missing her dog. Last time she saw it was at the dog park. When we get there, this is the first is, time we have to go to the other island, too. Yes. Um, so the other island getting there, I thought was pretty fun because you can literally surf on your <laughs> feet. <laughs> Uh, and if you go too long, you start like tre- like slowly treading in the water and then falling into the water. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, you go to this dog park. We find the dog. It's not a dog like everybody else thinks. It's a robotic dog, uh, and it will only come to either its owner, which is not with us. Or this uh, favorite toy, which is like a kitty plush. Yeah, it's a kitty plush. And so we go, <laughs> we go and <laughs> we go, and the scabs are coming out. Hey, look at my new toy! <laughs> and then you kill him for it. Yeah, I s- then, m- mowed that guy down with an AK off. <laughs> yeah. By the way, looked it up. That is a retailer exclusive DLC, which is the reason why I don't have it. Oh, must have been a GameStop exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, anyways, the <laughs> you you get the dog and you, you start luring it and it murders everything. And then... And on, sorry? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. And, say, and on your way back, a bunch of scabs confront you for killing their friend and stealing his toy. Yeah. They name him, <laughs> like... Uh, and then you murder them with the robotic dog too. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing is like, uh, you load. So I should say there is a weapon. This basically a bazooka called the TNT Teddy. And when you shoot it, a little teddy bear full of explosives falls out and then blows up eventually. Or if you hit an enemy, it blows up automatically. Um, but we load this kitty into the TNT Teddy and launch it. The robotic dog chases after the kitty and blows up in almost like a nuclear explosion. Yeah. Um, and everywhere you shoot that kitty, it just causes an explosion that instantly kills everything. Insomniac, being the smart people they are, says, hey, during this mission, we're going to throw a metric crap ton of enemies at you. Have just fun. to just so you can blow up everybody. Do I earn like three achievements doing this? So, yeah, I, what's interesting is I noticed that like the achievements stack on the profile because like I was unlocking stuff way too early. I'm like, there's no way I did that this time around. So it's just kept all the information from last time. Ah, right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not complaining at all. So, um, but yeah. And then. Once you bring the dog back, it's like, hey, I'm keeping this dog. Because <laughs> the whole time your character's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and then the third mission for these guys is um, a, a guy wanting to find his parents, uh, who the last time he heard were in a panic room that was on top of this tower. Uh and we have to climb this tower going in between two buildings using zip wires. Uh, and then there is almost like a jumping skill puzzle uh, sure. about, about halfway up. Did you fall? 
Uh, fall, fell once, yeah. All right, they made the gag. They, they did the gag. So if you fall, you fall through a portal and then land back at a checkpoint. And then your You're character really- says, well, I'm really glad you didn't make me start at the beginning. Yeah. I was like, ah, that's kind of good. That's pretty good. Um, uh, but yeah, going up to the top, um, there is a tape uh, message there basically saying, uh, we've, yeah, we've treated your trust fund and we're moving out. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, not only that, they also worked for Fizco. Yeah. And they knew that this was going to happen and got out of Dodge before the party. And they said, oh, by the way, we took out your trust fund and we're moving to the Bahamas. See ya. <laughs> There's no way we're going to be able to work again anytime soon. So, And so we had to go back and break the news to him. And he's totally fine with that. He's like, he's free from his parents now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now that we have all these uh, spoiled rich kids, um, saying that they will help us. Well, they don't say that at first. They're like, yep, we go back to normal. And Sam tries to rally the troops. And they're all like, this guy's fucking lame. What type of speech is that? And your character just steps up and goes, all right, how about this? You work. <laughs> you you get to work, or I'll throw your ass out there on the streets. Oh, this sounds like a great idea. Everybody starts like, oh, sure, yeah, we can do that. So they build a 3D printer. Well, not just yet. We have to get the uh, the uh, the board for the three D printer. Well, they 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 build the three D printer. It's just they right. can't finish it. Right, they right, need right. A bigger uh, motherboard. Yes. So they tasked us with going and getting a motherboard. Um. So uh, we don't know where we can find it, so we have to go back to the brewery. We ask uh, Floyd. Floyd tells us that there is this guy who is using multiple towers throughout the city to record a streaming TV show that's all about killing OD. It feels a lot like the um, the game show from Dead Rising 2, if anybody remembers that. I never played Dead Rising 2. Uh, Dead Rising 2 I was pretty it. good. I bought it's- it because it was like a dollar or whatever on disc for Xbox 360. <laughs> it's it's a really good game. Uh, it reminds but, me of all of Mad World. Yeah, Mad World's a good one. That's yeah. that's probably a better Same idea. Uh, the Running Man. Well, he even makes a joke that this is the Running Man. I'm pretty he, sure. Did I miss yeah, that? My one? character made a joke about the Running Man. Hmm. But they uh, they they make a, they crack a joke. So we we go up to his tower. And we're getting ready to steal some of his computer parts. He pulls out a gun and is like, uh, can I help you? <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, we need this computer part because we're trying to build a propeller to get out of here. And he's like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you mine if you can show me that you can survive this world. He's like, and- no, you threaten him back. And yeah. he's like, what do you know about guns? And then it just brings up the weapon wheel. <laughs> Yeah, it brings up the weapon. It's like, oh, you got a lot but of guns. How do you know how to use all those? And then your character just goes, I'm an American. Because I'm an American. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, uh, I'm getting ready to, to record a new video. So why don't you go and uh, do a challenge for me and just kill as many OD as you can? And that's basically the mission. 
you got three minutes to kill as much OD as you can and get scored on it. I got a bronze and a barely got a bronze. I got, did I get a gold? No, I think I got a silver. Yeah. I was like, I am doing this wrong. Apparently. Well, it's, this is one of those missions that they're like, we want to introduce you to the new side game. And it's like, uh, I hate these and everything. I hate that in any open world where they're like, well, you're, we're going to force you to do the side stuff for now. Like, okay. Yeah. There's multiple collectibles to get um, that you can bring back to Floyd. And he will help you cook better amps for. Uh, I've done one of them. Uh, like I like obviously you have to do it one other time because you have to do the night um the night mix or whatever it's called or the night brew yeah you have, you have to do the whole thing again the tower defense thing but most of the time you don't have to for the amps yeah but uh but yeah there's tons of collectibles in this game um toilet paper neon signs balloons. Uh, stinky shoes, high points, cell phones. Yep. Um, I want to say there's another one. Money, money that you can use to buy clothes for your character. Yep. OD, or not OD, but uh, overdrive or overcharge. Um. Yeah, overcharge, but yeah, yeah, like that's another one of the the currencies. What 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 do you use overcharge for? Buy weapons. Oh, okay. Buy weapons. I have, I have yet buy to spend maps overcharge. for the items and buy ammo. Gotcha. All overcharge. I figured they'd just take money for that, but all right. Yeah, apparently money has no use there. Yep. And so yeah, the the guy, the 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 crazy American redneck guy, is uh, named Buck National. And uh, we do that for him. He gives us the uh, motherboard. We then take it back to the uh, the college students, and they start making a 3D printer, or they make a 3D printer, which is now working and is now making a propeller. They said it would take a little while, and so they want us to go do some more missions while that's going on. And uh, that next mission is the the next one for Floyd, where you do the night uh, the night brew. And that's when they teach you that you can set up traps for it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is where it starts to go into the okay, this is this is now a little more than I wanna do at all. Yeah. I think they force you to do one more cook. And then um after that we find out God, what's his name again? Angry Man. Oh, uh Walter. Walter has found out that you were making the propeller and he's angry and he wants you to meet meet him at the overpass. So we can meet him at the overpass. And he's like, yeah. ah, I'm just fucking with you. Can't you see me smile? And then it's this very uncomfortable gritting teeth sort of <laughs> face. Um, and then we take off, right? No, there was something we do beforehand. Uh, I haven't got that far yet. 
Oh, you haven't you haven't gotten that far this time around? No, I did the I did the night uh cook and right. that was it. That was as far as I got. Uh there's thirty three missions, main missions in this game. Uh, I got to the guys that are dressed like samurai. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the LARPers. Not really LARPers. I thought they were big into like role playing games. They might like be, that. but they are they're Boy Scouts, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. I think. They all have fucking badges and they just want to bash their heads in. Yeah. Uh, all, most of the side characters in this game, aside from Floyd, are annoying. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing. I don't know what I was going to say there. Yeah, they are. Have you, have you done your, the first boss fight yet? Um, what's the first boss fight? Uh, you'll know it when you see it. Then probably not. Okay. I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, that's, um, that's as far as I made it. So that's as far as I guess we'll stop. Um, I do have two emails. All right. Uh, These are not for Sunset Overdrive. Um, they both came in after we had had our discussion for the game 100, which if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that episode, I hate to spoil it for you, but we have chosen to do the legend of Zelda Ocarina of time as our game 100. Uh, both of these emails come in from uh, Chad uh, and he threw. So the first one is game 100 discussions. Uh, it says, howdy guys, I know I missed getting this in for Game 100 discussion, but I just wanted to pass along a few suggestions. I tried to distill the list to 10, taking into consideration story over gameplay, game length, and accessibility and availability. Uh, this rules out a lot of the quintessential games like most of the Zelda series, Portal, Silent Hill 2, Persona 5, Dragon Quest series, etc. Here's my top 10 suggestions in no particular order, along with approximate game length for completion. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, around 30 hours. Batman Arkham Asylum, 15. Chrono Cross, 40 hours, which is also $10. Final Fantasy Tactics, which is 45 hours, $10. Final Fantasy VI, 38 hours, $10. Resident Evil 4, 18 hours, $20. Sweeken in two, 35 hours, $10. The Legend of Dragoon, 50 hours, uh, $6. Marvel's Spider-Man, 20 hours. And Dragon's Dogma, 45 hours. As for an honorable mention, I would also throw Lost Odyssey, which is about 45 hours out there for consideration. Till next time, Chad. And his next email uh, says, challenge accepted. Uh, And he puts a warning. This is a long one. So uh, buckle up for this this, uh, suggestion here. I haven't read this. Um, Wow, this is long. I was not involved in the decision-making process at all. I know. So. And... uh, I, I am happy with our decision, 
I don't think it's a bad decision, especially when Matt hasn't really played Zelda games before. Yeah, yeah. And this is a turning point for 3D adventure games. And when I say adventure games, I suppose I mean action adventure and not like point and click stuff, of course. But like this would change a lot of things. Um, you wouldn't start even seeing games, games like Zelda or like Mario 64, really, until after on the PlayStation 1. Um, if you're going to ask me for the two games of that generation um, that change things, it's Metal Gear Solid and Zelda. Yes, absolutely. Um, as I understand Mario has its place, but I, I don't... I, I don't think... That, that That is a technical thing. That is not a... Like, that is a jump forward technically these are games that did something different artistically and that would be how i justify that like yes you don't get zelda without mario 64 but i don't think there's a lot to talk about with mario 64 there, um, there really isn't there's no story. The mechanical portion of it yeah and and the stuff that you find absolutely grating with that game because there are parts of it that just don't hold up as well Tick as you talk clock yeah, and that's one of them. Um, I know we're um, I'm digressing from the point, but uh, TikTok Clock is actually something that they went back and changed when they did the DS version, um, which is something people don't talk about. Because TikTok Clock, if you fell, you would have to start, start all at the beginning. over. And the DS version, they added a platform at the bottom. Um, now, you can still fall to your death. Um, there is There is a spot that is not covered with a platform, but there's a large platform down below. Um, but it doesn't fix the main issue that towards the end of that game, they all start becoming linear levels. And each star just asks you to get to a different point, which is against the earlier stages where they are more open. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I think Zelda is a great choice. You've already done Metal Gear Solid. I think those are the two biggest ones to push and and we know how i feel about kojima's story the metal gear solid series but like i can't deny that the first game is isn't amazing yeah sorry no you're good you're good you're good um so here's here's his challenge accepted because we'd mentioned i was like if you think that (laughs) if you think zelda shouldn't be on it and you think another game should be Please let us know. He said, I just finished listening to your last episode and selection for the game 100. At the end, you invited anyone to write in with their suggestion and argument uh, for a different game. Challenge accepted. Before I launch into a bunch of rhetoric, I just want to take a moment. Personally, thank you for the hours of entertainment you have brought to my life over the years. Every episode is a truly a highlight for me every week, regardless of whether I'm playing along or not. Secondly, regardless of what anybody says, including me, you do you. This is your show, and you should do whatever game excites you the most. We are all just along for the ride. I miss writing in the intermission show, so you probably didn't get around to my email until this week. Instead of an honorable mention, I'm going to double down on my suggestion for Game 100 as Lost Odyssey. Based on the following 10 reasons. Here we go. Number one, it is criminally overlooked. 
Instead of a game that is well-regarded and known by all, why not play a game that is well-regarded but only known amongst the few? I would have never discovered this game if I didn't have a friend recommend it to me back in the day. It was an Xbox-exclusive JRPG quietly released on a system that was primarily heralded at the time as a bro shooter box. It missed its target demographic and died on the vine. Frankly, I don't remember a single bit of marketing for the game when it was released. Number two, it is one of the best designed JRPGs ever. Although I can't call it the best game or even the best JRPG ever, it is definitely one of the best designed JRPGs I have ever played. It masterfully combines the best mechanics from the best JRPGs into one cohesive system. Unlike most turn-based RPGs, your combat choices require you to be strategic versus spamming the attack command with the occasional item or spell. I could talk for hours about how the weapons, accessories, leveling, ring system, and character linking all contribute to character builds. Speaking of the ring system, it demands that the player pay attention during combat to ensure timing of attacks and for switching equipment, equipped rings on the fly to match the battle situation. It also respects players' time by including an anti-grinding system. Once you've reached an ideal level, enemies will start to only drop one XP so the player knows they should move along. There's a ton of other things I can talk about, but this email is already going to seem like a small novel. Number three, its Western release anniversary will be in February. Per the current lineup, it looks like you will probably be getting your get to game 100 around February, which makes perfect timing with the anniversary of this game. Number four, it was a passion project by the legendary Sakaguchi, who is the father of Final Fantasy and most of Square Enix's best JRPGs. Sakaguchi said he wanted to create a game with a goal of truly invoking human emotion through storytelling. Spoiler alert, he succeeds, or he succeeds. A couple of a musical score by the legendary Nobu Uematsu. This game truly takes the player on an emotional journey I have never experienced with any other game. Number five, it's accessible and playable on current and next-gen systems. Initially released as an Xbox 360 exclusive, it is still widely available and cheap. Furthermore, it is enhanced for current-gen systems and possibly even more enhanced for the next-gen systems. Anyone can pick this up and play it as long as they have an Xbox. I actually booted it up and played through it the early parts within the past couple of years, and it still holds up really well in comparison to modern games. Number six, the concept is one of a kind. You initially play as an immortal mercenary with amnesia. Sure, amnesia is a typical JRPG trope, but it is a key aspect throughout the entire game. He has been around for a thousand years and can't remember any of it. He's also not alone. Throughout his journey, he encounters some other immortals that also can't recall anything from their past. Number seven, character and story growth. Some characters, both mortals and immortals, have interesting character developments. Some who are initially hardened become compassionate. Some who are careless become reliable. And some who are carefree become stoic. Some of uh, some of who are uh, naive become wise, and some who are weak-willed become brave. Because of the amount of time and lack of memory for the immortals, certain reunions become quite interesting. This is all told over the backdrop of a warring uh, of warring countries, where everyone seems to be used as pawns. There will be deceit, death, traitors, and unexpected allies. Number eight, co-written by Japan's world-renowned best-selling author, 
Shigematsu. Because Sakaguchi wanted to evoke human emotion, he partnered with Shigematsu Matsu on the story. Specifically, uh, Shigematsu wrote all the short stories in the game. Throughout the game, the immortals will encounter things that cause them to recall memories from their past. Each of these memories are dramatically represented through short stories. These stories are incredibly moving, and I'm not ashamed to admit that a few of them have moved me to tears. They are incredibly moving stories of loss, redemption, tradition, simple beauties, and harsh realities of life. They add a layer of character development I've never seen before in a game. I don't usually recommend strategy guides, but I think this is an exception since some of them are missable. Number nine, it is rife with mystery and story beats for discussion. Why are they immortal? Are they connected? Why are they, why have they lost their memories? What happens if they get their memories back? Are good, are good, are people good or bad? Truly as they seem. Drew, you had mentioned within the past year that you were intrigued with, uh, Gongora because he seems straight evil, but there is more to him than you know. There is some method to his madness. Number 10. People will play along with this one because it is so accessible. Folks will more more likely to play along with this one versus Ocarina. I know at least Dustin, Jamie, and myself have said we would jump on this one with you. Maybe we can get uh, Bronson to play along with us as well since it's game 100. I would just like to see as many people playing along and riding in as possible since this is going to be a milestone game for you all. I fully recognize this argument is somewhat self-serving, but I truly believe this game embodies the spirit of Phoenix Down. You guys created this podcast to basically work through your backlogs. However, there is a secondary objective to discover or rediscover games that deserve another shot in the sun. To celebrate and discuss the various contributions presented throughout the history of game development. Most importantly, the games you select for this podcast force you to dedicate time towards something you have interest in, but otherwise wouldn't play if it wasn't because of this podcast. And maybe, just maybe, you will also inadvertently help others discover something they would have never experienced if it wasn't because of your podcast. Who knows? Maybe this 13-year-old game may become a favorite game experience for some of your listeners because they discovered it from your podcast. Just like the rejuvenating qualities of a Phoenix Down, maybe your podcast can revive the excitement behind this unique work of art. With my argument now concluded, I yield the floor to your discussion. Regardless of what you all pick, I will always be listening as long as you keep talking. Congratulations to the both of you and happy gaming. Chad. What a great email. Jesus Christ, Chad. Like, I don't have any comment. <laughs> I just, no, I mean, like, I, I, I'm just glad that this little podcast that I have with a friend of mine and multiple people throughout the years has, has reached, um, people. I don't, um, I mean, I don't think we're, we're worth listening to. <laughs> I mean, everybody and their brother's got a podcast, but, uh, the, the, the people. Yeah, who, but like, yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm, 
I'm bl- blowing smoke up your ass or whatever. But like, you know, at the same time, like the reason I started listening, um, you know, to uh, N4G radio was because it wasn't like, before I started ruining it. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> hey, come on, I have to. Um, you know, but I, honestly, like the reason why was that it wasn't attached to the the big problem is like yeah everybody in the brother has a fucking podcast now but like it's so negative 90% of the time and yes i didn't realize like last year was bad games <sighs> it was that was a great bad. time wasn't it <sighs> you know uh, mistakes were made um, yes it was but it, it's like th- this this generally this podcast is very positive you know, like there is some. We tried with some of those games to find some joy. Um, Perfect Weapon was not going to happen. No. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like I am listening to a bunch of elite people talk down. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see that I occasionally. That another way where it doesn't sound like I'm trying, I'm, I'm slamming someone, but it's just like. We are just regular people. Yeah. You're just a regular person. Like, you know, this is not like, oh, we have all of our ins in the industry. Like, some of us know people, but like outside of that, like, none I... of us work for any of these game companies or a big pub, like a big um, website on yeah. the side or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, it, and I, I get what you're saying, which is one of the reasons why I stopped really listening to podcasts about video games is because it's the, the popular ones and the ones that people listen to a lot are people who get paid to do this and they seem like they don't really enjoy what they do. Even if they do enjoy, it's like, it's, it, there's almost too much enjoyment. Like the, you know, both sides of that, stance are not um are not great for discussion yeah it it ends up being like oh this whole podcast is just angry or this whole podcast is just way too nice about everything and i don't know i feel like even with the main n4g podcast um when i'm not on i listen because it, there is a conversation to be had. Like, not a, there is no hive mind on our show. You know, I think the closest we've come as a group is uh, for a while it was Overwatch, right? Yeah, and Jay yeah. was on uh, all the time. Overwatch got talked about a lot, um, but then it was you know, um, Glass Masquerade. Yeah, right. Like, but. Most of the time, we're not playing the same games, and if we are, we feel differently about them, and that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think Matt and you on this, po- like on Phoenix Down, this podcast, um, like clearly aren't the same person, and approach games differently. And I think that's awesome. Like, I think that's a reason to listen and and break apart a video game piece by piece. Yeah. Um, in a in a reviewer sense, because I feel like the only other thing that I break down the artistic, like oh the design in this portion were really great, and it happens on this show, but it's like it's still a it's a reevaluation as a game, not like a 
an art piece, which I feel like some people do, or the narrative in this. It's like, no, this is a whole product and this is worth revisiting to some yeah. extent, unless you're perfect weapon, in which case there was no point to revisit. True. And Matt knew better, but he was right. He did have the worst game. Yeah. He sure did. But that, yeah. I think that's also the reason why, and like to kind of the main topic, like, I think that's the reason why I kind of want, I want, like I said, I'd play along for Ocarina of Time. But um, I think that's the reason why I kind of want Matt to play it, because he isn't the Zelda guy. Right. What does he think about that? Because it's not too often that you run into people that have not played Zelda, especially like Ocarina of Time. True. And so, it'll be interesting to hear someone who's gone and played games like God of War, which God of War has clearly taken steps forward since Ocarina of Time, but like if you look at sort of the skeletal structure of that game, it is very much the structure set forward with Ocarina of Time. Absolutely. So I would love to hear Matt's opinion on that. I would too. And I don't know which version he'd be playing either. I'm pretty sure he said he's going to play the 3DS version. Good, good. Because I mean, say, like, if you play the old one, yeah, it holds up okay in terms of like games from that generation. Because I think everything from that generation is a little rough because they were still trying to figure things out. But the 3DS version makes a lot of additions that help that game flow a bit better. Right. But Water Dungeon is a lot easier on 3DS. Thank Christ. Yeah, it's all color-coded. That's perfect. I mean, it's still not like, woo, but it's better. And right. you don't have to keep going into the menu to get off the iron boots. You just tap the bottom screen. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, As far as... um. Your email, Chad, um, I do appreciate you sending emails. And in fact, I appreciate everybody who's ever sent an email into us. Um, the listeners are like, I was, I would still be recording this even if we had no listeners, but you guys make this 10 times better. You make it so much more interesting and you bring so much to the table. Chad, you Chad sat down and typed up that long ass email, which probably took him 20 to 30 minutes to do. He took time out of his day to, to write into us and say, Hey, I appreciate what you guys do. I really want you to play this game. And, you know, and once again, he's like, if you can't, you can't, you know, if you don't want to, you don't want to, uh, I will tell you this. I'm going to forward this email to Matt. Um, and I will let him read over it. And see what he feels like. I will tell you this. Uh, depending on what we do for game 100. Um, both Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And Lost Odyssey will be covered. Um, hopefully. Uh, in this coming year. Um, I, I'll, right, I'll put it this way. I'm going to try my best to convince Matt to do Lost Odyssey as well. Does Matt have a 360? I don't know. Okay. 
Because that's I, the only thing that, that holds this up. I I think he does, but I'm not sure. Because I know that he was playing um, the bad games on PS3. Yeah. With you. Um, yeah. And I was playing stuff on a 360, although this can be played on Xbox One, but I know he doesn't have an Xbox One, so... Yeah, I know for that's a fact the only he does not have an Xbox One. Up. Yeah, that's the only thing that really holds that uh, up. And as far as it Lost Odyssey goes, I completely agree with you. I think Lost Odyssey is a fantastic game, um, and it is the only video game that has ever made me cry. And I straight up cried, and it was at those those short stories that you you come across. Um, they are so well done, so well written. And evokes so much emotion. Uh, Lost Odyssey is a great game. I have never finished it. I can, I can fully admit that I never finished it. I remember I was at a haunted house. That was the last thing I remember being at. And I stopped for some odd reason. Um, and I really want to do Lost Odyssey if I can get Matt on board with it, if he has the ability to. Um, but like I said, I will forward this email on to Matt. I will let him read it, and uh, we will talk about it. And who knows? We may actually switch it. We may not. I'm not entirely sure. I can't guarantee anything. But I will let you – I will let everybody know what we finally decide on. Um, and I can I can give you – I can give you a promise I'm going to do my best to try and get Lost Odyssey on the list for next year. I know next year we were planning on doing maybe a big Yakuza series. Um, and I still want to do that. Um, but if it means us playing Zelda and then Lost Odyssey right after, I'm okay with that. So we'll see. But I, it, like I said earlier, thank you to everybody who has ever wrote in on us. I know Jamie, Dustin, um, uh, anybody in the past who has ever wrote in for us. Like even Jay, that's how Jay started. He started listening to Phoenix Down, and and Wasn't both it near. It was near. <laughs> it was near. Um, and uh, I mean, like it, it's Jay, Jay and Chad especially. Uh, they love to to do these things of. Uh, I'm going to write in and ask a bunch of questions and get them to do their theories on the games and always prove me incorrect. <laughs> but that's so much fun. I went back because I, 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 my, my role has changed at work where I have a lot of free time on my hands. I wouldn't say free time, but I have a lot of time to sit and listen. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So yeah, you um, needed that. Oh yeah, I did. So I have been going back and listening to certain things. Uh, earlier this week, I went back and listened to uh, mine and Jay's playthrough of the first Danganronpa. That's some of the most entertaining uh, uh, episodes we've done. Because even though I already know how it ends, just listening to my thoughts and my theories and Jay constantly egging me on of like, oh, what do you think is going to happen here? And oh, do you really think this? And I'm just like, oh man, this is like this was this was just fun to listen to, even though I already knew what happened. Um, but uh, but both you guys 
supply those those questions and and uh, you take time. Anybody who's take took time out of their day to write into us means something to me, and I really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, um, that's going to be it for us uh, this week. If you'd like to follow uh, the podcast on Twitter, it's at ZTGD Phoenix Down. I'm also uh, uh, on there at Drew Leachman. I don't really tweet that much anymore. No, you really got the wind taken out of your sails when you lost DML Fury. I kind of did, if we're being honest. Like, I'm still mad about that. Like, I lost. I don't blame you. I mean, I had that account since 2007, and I'm just like, man, screw you guys. You're stealing my 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 data anyway. So I don't know, but. Uh, but you can write us an email. It's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, anybody out there who is playing, uh, Sunset Overdrive or have played Sunset Overdrive in the past, please let us know how you felt about it. Uh, that combat can be kind of weird sometimes. Uh, it's either, you know, 100 miles an hour or zero. Um, but, uh, yeah, we are slowly closing in on game 100. Uh, game 99 will obviously be Dead Space 3. Uh, Matt and I are planning on doing a co-op. Uh, playthrough of that so we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, game 100 still up in the air, I would say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forward this to Matt and I'll, 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 I'll talk with him, see exactly what he wants to do. Um, uh, you make some very compelling arguments and, um, I really do appreciate that. But, uh, I think that's gonna be it for us, uh, for this week. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of what happens next. I've made it farther in Sunset Overdrive than this, um, but it's kind of blurry at this point. So who knows? Uh, I guess we'll find out. I know we got a boss fight coming up, but um, yeah, that's going to be it for us. We're going to get out of here. Until next time, I am Drew. I'm Anthony. And we're gone. You guys have a great week. And we're going to be back next week with the continuation of Sunset Overdrive. 